I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Stevenson. Have you ever wondered, what is colic? Well, Jo Southers joins us today. She's a surgeon at B&W Equine Vets, and she's going to explain to us what is colic, what are the signs? What are the symptoms? What's the treatment if your horse is suffering from colic? And on top of that, how can we prevent it? Or even can we prevent it? This is Horse Hour. We've got a lovely guest today. Her name is Jo Southers and she's a surgeon at B&W Equine Vets. How are you, Jo? Yeah, good. Thank you, Amy. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that you're really, really busy in and out of patients and horses. And and, and it's crazy that you guys are so busy at the moment. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, It's great for us. It's obviously not always so great for our patients. But it's actually we're we're often um, this time of year can be a little bit quieter because people are often not sort of gearing up for the season um, mm. but no we, 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 we're keeping busy which is which is good. I love that you call them patients. <laughs> do you talk to them? Uh, we do a little bit yeah and we do they, they I don't know they're a big part of what we what we do it's why we do our job so it's you get reward when when horses improve when you treat them that's one of the the, the nice things of the job and also it's interacting with their owners because we we're fully aware about how much the horses mean to their owners yeah, they're the um, world they're their best friends they're their absolutely. pets they're their job absolutely. as well well, well yeah. today you're kind enough to explain to us about colic um because I, i'm hearing this word all the time when i first got my horse blackjack i people said you know you've got to make sure they don't go down these are the three things they said they say they don't go down in the stable they don't colic and and you make sure they can get up and I was thinking as a new horse owner well what do you mean go down in the stable like horses lie down don't they and then I'm, I'm really nervous and worried about this word colic so I'm really hoping that you can explain to us what is colic so colic actually is a big umbrella term that includes all sorts of things because basically it's a term that means any form of abdominal pain Um, and so it can be caused by a a huge range of different conditions but the horse is the way the horse expresses itself um, when um, when it has abdominal pain and those signs can be from very mild colic signs so for example the horse just turning up its lip or pawing at the ground occasionally looking at its side to the horse being violently painful thrashing around rolling um, not wanting to get up at all and so there's a huge range of both clinical signs and conditions that can cause 
colic symptoms um, and actually even it's not just necessarily the abdomen but occasionally you'll have horses that show colic signs either with chest pain or reproductive pain so it's a big umbrella term for any form of abdominal pain um, and therefore I think there's quite a lot of fear about it because there are some more serious um, causes of colic but there are also some very mild causes of colic as well. That's really interesting. So it's not, colic isn't a disease in itself then that we can prevent or cure. It's, um, it's a bit like just having, oh, I, I say this in a, in a quite a light term, but having a tummy ache and, until we then dig a bit deeper and really work out what the problem is. Absolutely. So when we see a horse that's displaying signs of colic, so signs of abdominal pain, the next step for us is to say, well, how how serious is this pain um, and also to some extent what is what is causing the pain um, and so we can um, use various tests to differentiate between um, uh, between different types of colic. I've got to ask you Joe. there's this there's this horrific noise in the background that sounds like it's uh, a some got sort builders of in, oh is that what it is oh no 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 gosh I'm I'm relieved that it's builders that's fine I was yeah. more worried that you were soaring off a horse's leg no 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 we have got builders in so, no we're having new offices put in so it's oh, just nice. office buildings yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so back to the colic then um I, I have heard a theory that if a horse is showing symptoms of, of colic and it's down you need to get it up and get it walking is that true because in my head I'm thinking well if it's severe something really severe and internal damage surely getting the horse up and walking is going to hurt them even more so I think the first thing to say so historically people would yeah say yeah absolutely shouldn't let the horse roll and you should get it up and you should walk it round now it because there's different causes of colic um different horses will respond differently to, to, to different treatments the most important thing when a horse is colicking is that you and the horse remain safe and so if the horse wants to go down and will lie quietly or even if it's thrashing around it is safer often in its stable than on the walking around a concrete yard for example mm -hmm. so the most important thing is that that horse remains safe now actually walking them for some types of colic can cause the guts to move around a little bit um, and can uh, by doing a bit of exercise can increase the way their guts move but for other types of colic um, actually the horse just wants to lie down or roll and it's not a problem for them to lie down or roll. So actually, until a vet has maybe looked at a horse, if it wants to be down all the time, I wouldn't be forcing it up and I wouldn't be forcing it to walk round. Now, if it's more mild signs and the horse will walk round without trying to go down, then a little bit of walking is not a problem, but I wouldn't march it round all day because a bit like us, if we had a tummy ache, we mm. would want to be walked and walked and walked and walked. But a little bit of walking can occasionally help ease it. So there's no right or wrong answer with that, but certainly people shouldn't feel that they have to get in with a painful horse and make it walk round if it doesn't want to oh good because we, we we're told that we shouldn't put our human emotions on a horse but like you said i'd feel bad if i have tummy ache the last thing i want to do is be walking anywhere although saying that you know even doctors say that it's good to keep the exercise going because that helps movement and and that can make them feel a bit better yeah, and so because, unfortunately, there's no hard and fast rule because, as I say, colic is just the sign of pain. Um, 
at some colics, mild ones and some horses will respond to a little bit of walking. Others are not safe to walk. So mm. we would advise people to make sure that they and their horse are safe and co- as comfortable as possible before the horse is examined by a vet. Um, and that may be that either they're in a sand school so that they can't damage themselves or they stay in their stable. Um, and if they will just gently walk around, for example, the sand school, that's fine. But not they don't need to be marched round and round. So you explained then that there's different types of colic and, you know, some mild, some really strong. Is there anything that we can tell if if the horse is going to go down, if the horse is going to roll and going to colic so that we can phone you straight away rather than waiting until it, it's at its worst? So absolutely. So um, the mild, one of the big things that we look for is how um, the signs of pain that the horse is demonstrating. So if the horse is just standing up occasionally looking at its flank, it's maybe not eating that much, um, those are cases where it's a bit safer to, 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 you can give us a ring and we can have a chat about it. Um, and we'd certainly probably want to still come out and see the horse, but we wouldn't be so quite so worried. In a horse that's lying down, rolling lots, doesn't want to, is going up and down all the time, we definitely need to see those straight away. Mm. Okay. And what can cause colic then? Which is, it's almost like a never ending question because you've got so many abdominal issues, but, but it, the main things. The main things. So there's very, so the most common things, horses can, one of the very common causes of colic is something called an impaction. So horses have feet and feet of gut. Um, it's quite common if they're Uh, moving around less or on stable rest and um, they can get food that blocks their large intestine at a curve called the pelvic flexor Um, and there's a blockage basically where the food becomes rather than moving through there becomes a soft blockage Um, and horses will pass less droppings and will have an an impaction that's one of the common causes of colic another common cause of colic is something we call spasmodic colic which is where the guts move a bit more than normal so they're called what we call hypermotile um, and and the horse may have slightly soft droppings they can also get what we call a displacement where the guts shift into a slightly different position than they should do and fill slightly with gas Um, and that gas distension and the fact that the intestine is sitting in slightly in, a, in the incorrect position can cause a horse to colic um, and then there are more severe causes of colic where the the blood supply to the gut is affected so either where the gut twists on itself so that's the large colon that can twist on itself mm. or where the small intestine can either get trapped somewhere which blocks the blood supply to it or can get wrapped up in something and that again can block the blood supply to it and those are the more serious causes of colic that we that we worry about so it's a lot of it's to do with the gut then and just making sure that everything's moving through properly um the things that we can do to keep the gut shifting and keep it moving in its normal rate yeah so absolutely so there people have looked at risk factors for for various type of colic so why colic occurs and obviously it differs slightly for the different types of colic but certainly for both um, large intestine impactions or displacements um, horses are better off actually being turned out as much as possible so the horse has evolved to live outside and graze um, uh, for 16 hours a day and obviously because of the fact that we've domesticated them and we want to ride and compete them we we keep them in a different manner from that but actually quite a lot of types of colic are associated with horses being in more of the time and so turnout and grass is generally good for um 
hypercolic. Regular exercise that also is good for, for reducing the risk of a horse getting colic because it increases the, the movement of the gut. Mm. Um, and so that can be that can be good for colic. The other thing is to make sure that the horses have their teeth checked regularly because certainly certain dental conditions will increase the risk that a horse colics. Uh, and also to make sure that there is a regular either worming regime or checking for certain different types of worms um, is, is undertaken regularly because worms can also increase the risk of colic. Great. Funnily enough, I've got a podcast coming out in a few weeks on worm counts and how to worm properly. Um, Great. So we're working on that. Um, we're also working on looking after the gut in terms of nutrients. So would you recommend nutrients to help with the gut balance? When you say nutrients, what do you mean? Because, I mean, obviously all different types of food contains different types of nutrients. So do you mean the supplementation? Yeah, because I was, in, I was in a tax shop the other day and just bombarded with so many different types types of supplements and, and I happen to see one that said gut and it's a gut balancer now I don't know if my horse needs a gut balancer or not I'm giving him balancing feeds but I, I feel like there's so much out there should we be being proactive and giving our horses these extra supplements I think actually in most cases, as long one of the things that's really important is that horses have access to long fibre. So horses have been evolved to to either graze uh, and eat grass or to continually graze hay and have hay or haylage. And I think having ad lib hay or haylage or, or and particularly grazing is more important, much more important than a, a supplement for the gut. Um, and so most horses know would not need a, a gut supplement they would need good quality hay or haylage be turned out but actually a supplement shouldn't um, affect the gut mm. uh, well it, we shouldn't, it shouldn't shouldn't be required actually is what I should say it shouldn't be required That's in most interesting. cases so we don't need to unless we're our nutritionists have said you absolutely need a supplement because uh, I was so tempted to go out and buy all those supplements and think that I was doing the right thing for blackjack when actually maybe you know as long as he's got the hay as long as he can eat all the time and he's grazing all the time then that should be fine so for people that keep their horses in the stable then we've talked about yep. this frequently they should always be continuous um supply of of hay for them to be able to eat all the time absolutely so i would love my horse to be able to to go out all the time but unfortunately this time of year the farmer just won't let us turn him out so i know mm. that it would be better for him to be out so the way i manage that is that when when he's in he has constant supply of hay or haylage uh, he's got two two areas that he can access it one by the door and one another part of the stable so wherever he is he's got access one's on the floor so he stretches his head down which is more similar to grazing he he also in the day goes out into a yard with hay in the yard so he can move around a little bit more. Um, but no, it's I fully appreciate it's sometimes really difficult to turn horses out when you're stuck in a not stuck in a livery yard, but when you're not in control of their mm. of the grazing available. But it's about making sure they have access, continuous access to ad lib hay or haylage um, is is really important. And then feeding a, a good quality balanced feed that makes sure they've got um, access to all the vitamins and minerals that they need as well mm. well that's good so th those are quite uh, reasonable things that we can do to prevent colic but um, a, a big question a big worry that I've had is if your horse is having a, a severe case of colic mm -hmm. what is the time limit how long have we got realistically before they're really hurting and we're causing serious damage 
So, unfortunately, when they have got very serious colic, the if the blood supply is cut off to the gut, that that gut will die very quickly, and that's when the horse will suddenly become very very painful. And the, with those cases where there is um, the the blood supply to the gut is cut off, you need to see the horses as soon as possible to increase their 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 chances of of survival. Now the big thing to say is that firstly about 80 to 90 percent of colics can be are not that sort of colic so 80 to 90 percent of colics we can manage medically mm. which so don't require surgery and it's only a real minority of colic cases that have got as I say, either a twisted gut or the small intestine is trapped somewhere that require surgery. That's good. And then, which is really good. So most colic, so I think sometimes the fear of colic is almost over um, amplified because of the fear of this minority, as I say, of kind of 10 to 20% of cases that require surgery, whereas the majority are, we're able to give some pain relief, we may give them some fluids and things, but then they're they're fine. Mm. And then if you look at the horses that do require surgery, as long as we see them relatively quickly after they um, start to colic, um, from a survival point of view, if we look at all the horses that we take to surgery in in big studies that have looked at lots of horses that have had colic surgery, about 85% of horses will survive to being discharged from the hospital. So most horses, and then about 75% are alive one year post-surgery, and then about 65% are alive two years post-surgery. So actually, horses that have colic surgery often do really well. And, you know, as I say, it's the majority of cases. So it's something to be... I guess that you, it is a concern if your horse gets a more serious type of colic, but there are absolutely things we can do. And in most cases, horses don't need surgery to correct colic. Oh, that's really good because we, we worry about our horses in the slightest things sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's nice that one, we can pick up the phone and phone you because that's it. That's it's okay to phone you, isn't it? Because I always worry that you guys are so busy and I don't want to bother. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST you and and sometimes I think okay well I know something's not right but I know that it's not severe enough that I need to call you out but I just need a little bit of advice on the phone 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're always here for advice on the phone. And we'd far rather chat to clients um, and, make, and, and, and discuss what's happening with them. Um, because sometimes on the phone, we can, we can decide whether we need to see a horse. And actually, with a colic horse, I would always rather see it. Because we can look at things that you guys can't see. So obviously, you can say that your horse is slightly uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but what we'll, we'll then do when we examine it is that we then look at the horse's heart rate. We look at their respiratory rate. We feel their pulse. We will... Um, put a hand inside and have a feel of the horse's intestines so put a hand up the horse's um, rectum or bottom and have a have a good feel we'll have a listen to their gut sounds and using those tests we can then decide what treatment is best to ad- administer uh, we'll sometimes take a blood sample if we may be worried about um the horse either being a bit dehydrated or want to look at their liver or their kidney function so there's there's lots that we can do in a horse that is not quite right or uncomfortable and so yeah absolutely pick up the phone have a chat with us and then we can as I say always come out and assess the horse um, completely for you and make sure there's nothing nothing untoward. You just touched on water there and uh, Mm -hmm. and a horse being dehydrated so there's this old saying you can take a horse to water but you can't make it drink it Um, I'm, I'm presuming that water will help flush through anything in the gut as well so we need to make sure that our horse has lots of water all the time absolutely so it's really important horses have access to ad lib water and the other thing um it's rare but the other thing is in the winter when it's really cold is to make sure one that the horse uh, hasn't got ice on the water and some horses are a bit fussy and won't drink really icy water um so it's it's good to then in those cases if you can to provide slightly more tepid water if your horse is a horse that's prone to getting impactions now lots of horses are fine with very chilled water mm. um, but if your horse has had an impaction before that's one of the things that we'll sometimes advise clients to do so yeah access to good clean water is is really continuous access to good clean water is really important i've seen some people put a little bit of warm water so they take down a flask to the yard and when they feed their horses in the evening they put a bit of warm water in rather than cold water is that is that okay yeah no that's good because as i say that just takes the chill off the water um and then the horse is more it won't one it's less likely to freeze and secondly the horse is more likely to to drink it so that's absolutely fine to do and probably not you know is a good good idea and i guess it's making sure that when you finish riding the horse has water straight away um because things like that you don't think about really you know you're untacking and the horse you've been out for three hours and then you know the horse needs some water and that'll like I said earlier flush through anything and prevent any problems yeah so it's important either if you're out riding that when your horse gets back you has access to water or if your um your horse is transported again that they have access to water once they've finished um being transported or if it's a really long journey to make sure that they have regular stops and access to water so yeah absolutely it's that's important it sounds like such a basic thing and I know we're talking about you know what what should be basic healthcare for horses but I have seen people cut off the fencing the wrong side of the water trough so they fenced in their horses and they can't get to the water and you're thinking gosh come on like this is they need it's so important for them not just because the dehydration but because it helps with their stomach and helps with all the, the other the things inside them absolutely um, so do you have any other advice for us then for when it comes to colic and and our worries about it did you do you know do you hear any myths that we can kind of get rid of so certainly people have myths about the fact that if a horse rolls it will twist its gut so 
horses don't get a twisted gut just because they rolled in the stable so that's something that i think sometimes people say oh it can it will if the horse is colicking and it rolls it will twist its gut and actually generally the horse is rolling because it's uncomfortable and what's happened to the gut has already happened so i think that's certainly um a myth that that people fear um i think also as i said most colic is relatively manageable and treatable um, and, and so it's only a minority of cases that need to have surgery but those surgical cases that we do see the quicker we can see them the better because they can have really good survival rates if we see them soon. That's sort of um, the basic things. I think, I mean, it's good that you're talking about worms and worming because that's certainly something that is really, again, an important thing because there's various types of colic that are at increased risk following worms and worming. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. we're We're looking at worm counts now. And I interviewed Westgate Labs and they talked us through the process of how to do a worm count rather than just putting the horses on a worming program. So is it is it the antibiotics or the wormers that affect the gut and could create colic or is it the worms that could create colic? No, it's actually the, the worms themselves. And it's important both to do faecal worm egg counts, but also the other thing is that faecal worm egg counts won't pick up all the types of worms. So it's important as well as that to also look for tapeworm, um, which aren't picked up on a faecal worm egg count. So absolutely, it's great to do the faecal worm egg counts and that can reduce the amount of drugs that you're having to use, which can re- reduce resistance. But also it's important to look for whether the horse has tapeworm and we can either just treat the tapeworm or there are tests that you can do to look as to see whether the horse has tapeworm and it's important to assess and or treat for all types of worms. Mm. Do mares tend to struggle more with abdominal pain and abdominal issues than geldings do? I'm thinking, you know, I'm a woman and we have issues every month. I'm thinking, do they, yeah. do they suffer with that? No, not really, actually. Um, There are, um, so the one type of colic that mares are more likely to get is a a type of colic called large colon torsion, um, which is more common in brood mares. And they get it, the colon's this big U-shaped structure in the abdomen. It can fill up to about 60 litres of fluid, so it's huge. But what can happen once a mare has has just foaled is there's more potential space in the abdomen for it to move around. Mm. And also they often, in the immediate post-folding period, the mare's going through a lot of changes, often in management diet, and she's got the foal at foot. And so those mares are at increased risk of the colon flipping round on itself and twisting and getting a large colon torsion. Um, so that's an, something that brood mares are definitely more at risk of but actually on a regular monthly basis no horses um don't tend to have monthly um um (laughs) colic pain (laughs) well you know very basic um, a human analogy there but uh, you never know do you Um, no if you've got a broodmare then and you're worried that that they might have this torsion what what can what can we do to kind of prevent it um so again it's sometimes you cut you can't prevent it but it's things making sure they have regular dental work we've shown that in brood mares it's been shown that horses that have dental issues and, and drop their feed are at more risk of having a colon torsion um, having access to 
the same grass and being turned out is also important, uh, making sure your broodmare is wormed regularly and, and that the management changes that occur around foaling and sometimes have to occur around foaling are kept to a, to a minimum. Unfortunately, there are some horses uh, that, that are predisposed to having issues with their large colon. And so whilst you can do all the right management things, people shouldn't feel guilty if their horse gets colic. I think that's another thing actually to, 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 to be aware of is that sometimes you can do everything right and your horse will still get colic. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes people try and think, oh, what have I done wrong? And it's not necessarily at all something that you've done wrong. It's just that your horse is prone to colic. And actually, um, to some extent, the horse's guts are really not very well designed and that they've got minimal attachment so they can flip round and move around into silly places they can get trapped in places and in a lot of cases it's nothing that anyone could have done to to, to stop that happening so I think it's important for people to be aware of that mm. and not feel guilty um, if their horse does get colic as long as they followed all the basic kind of management things that we would recommend yeah that's really nice to hear because we do blame ourselves a lot absolutely absolutely um, it's always our fault <laughs> yeah yeah did uh, are there any particular breeds or ages that tend to be more prone to colic so is it the youngsters is it the older horses or is it particular breeds no well again um, different breeds and different ages can be prone to different types of colic and it's where again it's a bit confusing that colic is this big umbrella term but large colon displacements or torsions um, which is the, the the big part of the intestine that can move around that's much more common in um in bigger horses, so draft horses, warm blood horses, big horses, where there's uh, potentially that they've got more space in the in the abdomen or whatever. With regards to age, um, older horses sometimes can have more dental issues, um, and they can have more problems with occasionally more problems with impactions because of that they can also get something slightly older horses are slightly more predisposed to a type of colic that's caused by something called a lipoma which is a fatty lump that develops on a stalk mm. um, and that can it's like a um dogs get fatty lumps under their skin horses mm. get them sometimes dangling from a stalk in their abdomen and in lots of cases, it causes them no problems at all. But when it does cause a problem is when that fatty lump wraps itself around the intestine so that the stalk that it's on almost acts like an elastic band around the intestine and cuts off its blood supply. Um, and that's something that we'll see more commonly in older horses because it takes time for that to, de to develop. Um, it's, it's not a very common cause of colic because it's one of the causes of surgical colic. And so it, it is quite rare, but we would see that more in, in older horses. I think the hard thing for us is that we only get to see the outside of the horse. I'd love to have a big imagery system, you know, at the field and every day I'll walk him through and say, there you go, Blackjack, there's your MOT. But we're kind of looking, we're looking for things that are going on in the inside from the outside. It's almost impossible. Absolutely. And I think that's where it's... Um because actually, if you so if you think about colic, and if you go from the front of the horse to the back of the horse, for example, so you go down the esophagus, horses can get choke, and that can cause them to be uncomfortable. So that's where the esophagus gets blocked with um, with with food material, um, and they can have food coming down their nose. So that, and then you go into from the esophagus, you go into the stomach, and horses can have stomach issues that can cause them to have colic. And then you go from the stomach to the small intestine, and then from the small intestine to the large intestine. So there's quite a lot of bits. 
of the um, of the gut that can be involved, and they all have different, slightly different reasons for having a problem. And so colic is such an umbrella term, but there's all sorts of bits of the horse's abdomen that can cause them to have colic. And I mean, even for vets, when we're seeing horses, we're trying to differentiate between what's causing the colic and try and tease it out is it whereabouts in the intestine is affected and how badly has it been affected Um, as I say most cases will respond to us just giving them some pain relief Um, and if we think they've got an impaction so that the food's just not moving along very well we'll also put a tube up their nose and give them some fluids um, into the stomach which can help soften things and move everything along. The the automatic thought for me would be if it's a child and it's feeling a bit unwell you'd give it cowpole. If I had a headache or had a bit of a tummy ache I'd automatically have paracetamol. So would you then automatically think oh I'll just give him a bit of butte and maybe that will make him feel a bit better but I'm guessing you probably shouldn't do that no I think I would recommend that the horse is first seen by a vet um, because before you give them the butte because the butte can mask some colic signs and I think also um, some occasionally will advise it but most of the time we want to be able to assess the horse and see whether we need to do anything else other than the pain relief and also when the horse is slightly colicky actually sometimes it's get better that that pain relief is given via an injection rather than uh, with food or into the into the mouth Mm. Um, so I would recommend that the horse is assessed by a vet who can then give them either injectable bute or there's other similar um, painkillers one of which called flinixin or there's various ones that we can inject into the horse that to provide them with pain pain relief so Mm. so yeah I probably wouldn't straight off give them some bute because actually that could if if you give the horse bute and uh, that provides them with some pain relief that can also slow uh, mask the signs and slow you getting the vet out to come and look at the horse yeah I must say these are things that I've heard over the years that people have wanted to do or have done and it's only through love of their horse because they wanted to make the horse feel easier and feel a bit more comfortable um, but ultimately leave them phone you get you out and and yeah. then you can make sure and assess what really is the problem because I had no idea that colic was such a broad term and actually I thought it was just the actual stomach and there was a serious issue in there but it could be anywhere within that section Absolutely. And including also horses will colic if they sometimes mildly colic if they have liver disease. Occasionally, um, as we've sort of touched on, mares with um, uterine or uh, ovarian pain if they have a twisted uterus, which is again very rare. But can, so it can be all sorts of things within the abdomen. And so it's trying to tease out what is causing the colic and also how serious is it and we have various things that we look for when we're we're doing both of those things well joe thank you so much for your time today i know that you're really busy and you've got patients horses lined up at the moment waiting for you so thank you for giving us an insight into colic and um and you'll be able to find out more information on our website horsehour.co.uk we can follow you on twitter can't we Yes, absolutely. You're at BW Equine Vets. We can follow you there and on Facebook and on Instagram. So thank you very, very much for your time today. No worries. Thanks a lot, Amy. Lovely to speak to you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We have a whole series of veterinary advice episodes on the Horse Hour podcast. The vets from B&W Equine Vets come on every month and explain to us different diseases and the signs, symptoms and then how we can treat them as well. Some previous episodes include gastric ulcers, embryo transfer, 
even equine dentistry. So there's lots for you to catch up on. If you haven't had a chance, just head to our website, horsehour.co.uk. And of course, we have our episodes on stories and journeys from professional riders in the industry. And we will be speaking to lots of pro riders soon as the eventing season's just about to start. There's lots coming up this year. I'm really excited about it, including the National Dressage Championships, which are in April. So we're looking forward to going there and bringing you live updates on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. You'll be able to catch everything on our website, horsehour.co.uk. And as always on Twitter, we're just at horsehour and the same for Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have a really good week and I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horsehour. Follow Amy at amystevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 